Welcome to The Hard Way with Anvil T&D, where three Australian veterans cover everything physical and mental health, business, education, and life lessons learned the hard way. Each episode, the Anvil team challenge themselves, their guests, and their listeners to ask the hard questions, acknowledge their biases, broaden their perspective, and have a laugh along the way. Now, here are your hosts, Dan, Marshall, and Nathan. Beware the dark humor and enjoy the podcast. <laughs> um, so, this week is Veteran Health Week. Apparently. Um, yeah, not According widely. To DBA, but I yeah. guess, you know, who else is really going to make it that week? We, um, we work with veterans, in case you haven't realized. Yeah, like, yeah. If you. Like everything we do. If you, yeah, if you're only just tuning in, if this is your first time, we are veterans and we work basically just with veterans. Um, and we didn't know. We actually, we actually had no idea. Nobody sent us a letter or anything. Um, no. you think DVA would have sent something in the post saying, hey, fellow veteran, yeah. it's your health week next week. And then explain <laughs> subsequently what that actually is because I still don't really know. No, what it is. Yeah, I would assume that veterans' health matters the other fifty-one out of fifty-two weeks of a year as well. well no. Not just, <laughs> just not just, just the week. end of October. No, I guess any like it's like what NADOC week. Um, you know, True. you know, they the indigenous population, and they probably have a pretty good um, argument for saying that the other fifty-one weeks. I well, I agree with that though. Like NADOC week to me makes sense. You know, we have a, a week dedicated to. Um, you know, highlighting their importance to the community. Mm. I don't think veterans' health should get a week. Well, maybe we should have a veteran week where we highlight the importance of veterans to the community. Well, is it because it highlights that there is an issue? <laughs> I think that our health should be important the other days of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think and it's a pretty key concept to us staying alive. Would you say that all weeks matter? All <laughs> weeks matter. <laughs> And even yes. this one week they've given us. Thank you for baiting me into that. <laughs> <laughs> even this one week that they've generously given us, mm. they've kept it a secret. They did. <laughs> um, our psychologist primarily treats veterans for trauma, and he didn't know either. I think it would be interesting if you were to say, okay, every week overdue any DVA claim is, <laughs> is how many weeks you owe. And so it's an eternal Veterans Week. Yeah. Yeah, it's Veterans Universe life. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Uh, yeah, and this just says veteran health, so it's not talking specifically mental health. But what did I say before? This year's focus is on social connection. Social co They're really riding the uh, COVID train there. <laughs> yeah, and they, they've decided that this year we get to connect socially. Yeah, well, it seems to be a common issue, though, with veterans is social, mm. like, sociability of them, like, yeah. among non-veterans particularly. Um, we just hate them. So <laughs> you mean among the lower class? Yeah. <laughs> the civic clubs, yeah. yeah. Um, and I can understand, like, looking back on time in, I kind of remember every time civvies get referred to, it's like, oh, it's just a fucking civvy. Mm. Some civvy, yeah, some fucking yeah. like speak, like, there are just this whole other race of people <laughs> and I can kind of understand why there's such a, it's so difficult for veterans to connect with non-veterans once they leave or in general. You can't understand or? Oh, I, I can. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you spend your whole career, whatever length that be, may be, probably a minimum of four years, depending on a few factors. Um, just, you know, learning one way to do things, you know, learning... Mm. 
one way to speak, one way to um, to act, you know, one way to perform any particular job. Um, so that when you get out and you're, I guess, uh, introduced to the large majority of people who do not speak that way and who do not act that way and do not maybe don't have the same values, um, not only that, but within, say, Army as an organisation, everyone seems to be relatively on the same page, mm. you know, about what they're there to do. You know, yeah. they've got, Army's got its fucking mission. Infantry has, plays its little part. Um, you know, you've got, your, <laughs> you've got your four <laughs> core values and then 12 individual competencies or whatever the fuck they are. I would not be able to name those. Close, expert in close combat. That's, that's all. That's all they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And But everyone is relatively pointing in the same direction. You know, you've got this group of people and they all have this one thing in common. They wear the same fucking clothes every single day and those clothes tend to mean something, you know. They've all done a similar level of training. They've all come from a relatively similar career path, so they have stuff that they can relate to each other over. You know, everybody that you meet in Army is generally also in Army. So you've already got that, you've passed that sort of initial, I don't know who this person is, I don't know, I don't know if I can trust them, I don't know. And, I mean, I look at it in a work context. You know, if you work in an office or something, you have no idea what this person has done up until that point in their mm-hmm. life. You don't know and you can't tell just because they're wearing a suit and they're sitting in the same office as you or whatever. You don't know if that person is competent. You don't know if that person uh, takes pride in their work. Um, and, you know, you might not know that in the army as well, but generally the uniform demonstrates a degree of competency. Even a a useless person in the military is competent to an extent. Yeah, you, know? you could explain something to them and generally they will understand yeah. what we're talking about. Um, and that's why I feel like when you get out, you can't really relate to anyone is because you maybe you get a job and that job is, let's use me for an example, um, IT recruiting. In that IT recruiting office, there were people from every single different fucking walk of life and all of them took different levels of pride in their work. All of them had different versions of the values that they held. Um, all of them, you know, had, uh, you know, a different interpretation on what working past 5 p.m. meant or what st- coming in early meant, you know, or <laughs> whether physical health was important and all this stuff that, like, so my values weren't necessarily shared by even the person that I sat next to. So it's extremely alienating to come from a culture where, Everyone is kind of on the same page to an extent and then be introduced to a culture where everybody is fucking on different pages. You've got no idea what that person is going to do um, and it is it is definitely a shock. Um, you sort of feel like you're in the deep end a little bit. Um, I'd say it's why um, a lot of veterans tend to gravitate towards things like fireys and cops and paramedics or something that, you know, maybe the prison system, correctional officer or whatever because all of those people get the same training course, you know, all of those people, whereas at university, everyone's doing different degrees or, um, you know, you go into a job where there's sort of a minimum standard, but obviously they value different backgrounds because there is value to different perspectives Mm. and stuff like that. But it can be a real, yeah, real culture shock. Yeah. And I think socially, um, like, yeah, the communication, um, you know, with that being DVA's goal, 
is that's great. I'm not sure what steps they're really taking to actually help people become better at socializing. On the website, there was like a like events and stuff, and there was like a Queensland event. But like, you know, maybe know. <laughs> some of those events are beneficial. But one who actually knows they're happening. Yeah. Um, hmm. And it's COVID. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, like, because you know, you look back and explaining it to people that you may have worked with in the new job about the military, you can say to them. In the military, I could literally just tell a dude to shut the fuck up and do it, and, <laughs> like, and that was completely normal. Um, if anything, encouraged. <laughs> um, and then you go out, and you know, you tell people that, and they're like, "Oh wow, that sounds odd. That's completely different." Um, Noel Green on Bearded Lions uh, Facebook Live mm. said, "This is the problem with transition to civil life in public service." Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, public service in general, but especially the military, you get that there's sort of the lowest common denominator that everyone is relatively held to. Um, and I'm sort of, I'm certainly not detracting from DBA's attempt to, to you know, provide a week for a focus on veteran health. Sure, that I think that's a good idea. It is, an, it is a effort. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is something to be said for the fact that they are trying to highlight veteran health in general. Um, and I also like the fact that they are, you know, not isolating one or the other. You know, it's not just about mental health and it's not just about physical health because obviously here we believe the two are very closely intertwined. Um, you know, you cannot have good mental health without, uh, you know, a firm base of physical health and vice versa. You know, it would be very difficult to be physically healthy if you don't have your mental health under wraps as well. So, you know, these aspects work hand in hand together. That's exactly why, you know, our sessions that we do, the coaching sessions that we do with veterans are, you know, supervised to some extent by a psychologist and the psychologist and us, we work together to provide what we believe will be the best treatment plan for a veteran um, who may or may not be suffering from severe mental health issues. You know, everyone goes up and down. Everyone has good points and bad points. And um, and a team like us and the psych here that can work together can recognise that maybe somebody is having a, a particularly hard time and their training may need to be adapted because of that or somebody is having a pretty good time and that's the time that we can use to maybe really challenge them in the gym or encourage them from two different directions to maybe pursue different life goals or something like that. So um, I think there's something to be said for DVA, you know, having a health week that isn't just focused on one or the other. I, I don't know how they're going to go about demonstrating that but... Um, you know, we believe it's important. So, if, you know, for the next week or so, we're probably going to talk a little bit about veterans' health. Um, yeah. Because um, at the moment, say we're just speaking on DVAs, like ability to get people involved in these things. Um, mm. At the moment, I don't, do you guys get emails from DVA at all? I don't know if DVA have any computers in their offices. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get mail. Yeah, well, that's um, what I was going to say because you get mail, but... I'm terrible at checking mail, um, and so I get I'll check mail whenever I happen to one remember and to make mm. the effort to get my mail key and go downstairs mm. um, to get the mail. So I'm not really seeing a lot of the stuff that they even send out right. if I wanted to be current with what's going on. Yeah, and I also, if say I knew something's going on, I don't know what for a lot of people the incentive is to get involved. Yeah, I mean I. 
I guess it depends on the the type of community that you want to be a part of. Mm. Um, I know for a fact that some people get out of the military and they want absolutely fucking nothing to do with the military anymore. Yeah. And that can extend to the veteran community. They just go, no, I'm done with everything, army and veterans as well, or military in general. Um, So they just sort of isolate themselves. And we do know that there are some serious negative health risks to isolating yourself from that community, um, and we would never promote that. Um, I was just talking today to, you know, a guy I was in with a a while ago, and, um, and I was explaining that, um, it's, it's sort of a fine line with the veteran community when you get out. Um, there are some people that, uh, that get out of the military and they involve themselves so deeply in the veteran community that they, they can struggle to make that transition. They can struggle to fully move on and recognize that they aren't a part of the army anymore or they aren't living through the good old days or whatever um, because they haven't given themselves the chance to do anything else. You know, they've just left army, taken the best parts of that job that they like, and then they go and do it again. Uh, this can be quite dangerous for people um, who are trying to transition because it doesn't really encourage them to grow or learn a new way of doing things. It doesn't encourage them to learn a new way of communicating. Um, so they never really learn to deal with civvies properly. They never really learn to um, to have conversations with somebody who can't understand your military perspective. Um, and this is not the true meaning of transitioning. You know, you do need to be able to move on and and stop being an army guy. This is the term that I saw used today. You stop being an army guy and you start being somebody who was in the army and now has an identity of something else. Um, there is nothing wrong with being a veteran is as part of your identity. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, a vet, being a veteran is a big part of our identity here. Um, and the veteran community is something that we are fairly involved with. We like that. Uh, we really want to help as much as we can the veteran community who are struggling to make that transition. But being a veteran is not everything that we are. No. You know, a big part of my life is coaching people and I don't just uh, coach veterans. I also want to get involved in coaching civvies or whoever wants to walk through the door. Um, you know, a big part of our lives are doing things that have nothing to do with our military service you know we've got friends outside of the army now and um and so it can be a real challenge to move on um but i would say the community that maybe dva is appealing to is a community that probably haven't been able to move on because they're the only ones that might get the emails or might get the um yeah pay attention to it because they're these are the guys that are sort of looking for that connection still they're Mm. looking for that um, maybe that brotherhood that they got when they were serving. Um, yeah, and I understand it's extremely difficult for people to find, you know, in the sense of identity, find a new one. Yeah. Uh, one, because the being a part of the military is one of those things that you can say to anyone and generally receive it, receive a degree of respect. It's mm. um, seen as, a you know, an honourable occupation or way to make a living. And once you all of a sudden leave, you feel like you've lost that and some people may struggle with feeling like they aren't, um, you know, they feel embarrassed or about where they are They are in life, yeah. things like this. They're trying to find a new place. Like if they don't go straight into a great job, like if they don't go straight into a lot of cases, you know, firefighters or police work or something and they find themselves just back, just working a standard, not very interesting job, which is obviously fine, but they 
don't feel, have that same kind of um, respect for their own occupation or where they are in life, and they feel like others are going to have that too when they hear that. Um, and then, so obviously, it's easy to try and hold on to the thing that you once had that was so great. Yeah. Um, especially with the way the lifestyle is in the military, where everything you do is based around mm. whether you want to or not there's everything you do is based around being in the military or it's I'm doing this until I have to go back to doing something for the military because I basically have no choice. Um, while we've got viewers before they get sick of their shit, yeah. um, do you want to tell them about our page on the website with all the help? Oh, yeah. Um, so on the topic of Veterans Health Week, which is this week from uh, 24th of October through the 1st of November, um, a big part of Veterans Health is Veteran Mental Health. Um, if you are somebody that um, maybe isn't all over your mental health or maybe has some questions or concerns, uh, we do have a mental health resources page on um, our website, so www.anviltd.com. Um, under the education drop-down menu, there is a thing called VES Mental Health Resources, I believe. Yeah, here's the article. It's oh, under article articles. Right, yeah. yeah. So under the articles drop-down menu, uh, there is the VES Mental Health Resources page. This resources page is something that we put together a little while ago um, and it has as much information as we could possibly find on veteran mental health services, right? So if you're looking for who you could text or who you could call or what uh, programs are out there, what DVA offers or what Open Arms offers, um, you know, some other key apps like Swiss8, um, you know, the kind of stuff that we do, it's all on that page. Uh, most of the information I collated from DVA pages all over the place and I just banged it all into one place. Uh, it's got every possible phone number that you could need if you're in Australia. Um, so if you do have any concerns about your mental health um, and you need more information on that, um, maybe just a starting point, maybe just somewhere where, you know, oh, I just kind of want to call somebody and figure out what my options are, you know. Um, head over to that page. It's totally free. We don't get anything from it. Um, it's purely there for education and for information. Um, if you want to share it or if you want to uh, put it out there somewhere, just fucking take it. We don't care. Um, that information is purely there to help veterans talk to somebody, you know, because we feel like they don't do that enough. Um, and if you're not too comfortable about talking to your mates or about a doctor face-to-face -face or something, uh, there's a bunch of phone numbers on there and you can call them and you can just talk to somebody there that's qualified to help, um, you know, people like Lifeline and um, I think Open Arms have a counselling service, something like that. Yeah, sick. Um, we had uh, Pickles on Instagram said hello hey, and High Octane said hello on Twitch. He's back. Um, so I just jumped on the... <laughs> this Veteran Mental Health Week page on the DVA website or whatever. And there are actually, I went to the Queensland one, there are actually a lot of events oh, um, and times and everything. There's like the Women's Veteran Network Australia. We're obviously um, heavily involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they're doing a woodwork workshop, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, buddy Up is another one. But, yeah, there's just like endless events oh, there cool. you go. Uh, for the whole week. So is that you wanna, just at DVA's website? Yeah, it's dba.gov.au. I just typed in Veteran Health Week and clicked on Queensland. There you go. If you are interested in um, events related to Veterans Health Week, uh, head over to DVA's website. They have an endless list yeah. of things that you could get involved with. Um, there are, as far as I'm aware, like 36,000 mental health organisations in Australia, so a fair few of them are veteran-related. 
Um, and I dare say a lot of them are offering events where you could come and hang out with some people yeah, in the same like, sort of community. There was yeah. like coffee and workshops and all different shit with veterans. Yeah, yeah. sick. Um, 91 Tay said, the real reason the team went to Twitch because this guy wants to show his guns on the stream. Oh, I'm just talking about Dan. Yeah, shit. Or my singlet. Yep. Yeah, that'll um, be on the OnlyFans soon. So yeah, enjoy it while out. it lasts. I'm about to blow up. <laughs> uh, 91 Tay said, I worked for a prestige vehicle brand and 100% missed the pride associated with the military, which. Yeah, is, it's common. Get that. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. common. Um, and he said, I missed the beret and just wearing the uniform. The response you get when you tell people you're in the army is so different compared to any civvy occupation. Yeah. And I mean, that's part and parcel with uh, joining the military. Um, you know, there is a degree of service to it. You know, it's not just about you. Um, you do put a significant amount of your life on hold to give it back to the green, whether you want to or not. You know, you might not even realize when you join up that you're actually going to put a sh you know, shitload of your life on hold. Your family will come second. Uh, your friends generally will be military people and they come second anyway. Um, and then, you know, kids and stuff, you know, the military will be priority number one, um, which does make it much harder for you to separate the military from your identity, um, especially when people join when they're quite young. I think when people are you know, late teens, early 20s, they can find it very difficult to know who they are as a person, you know. Um, and one of the things that we really advocate here is that, um, you know, a big part of your transition or a big part of, you know, just living your life and growing up is figuring out who you are not related to the job that you do or the, um, or the you know, the hobbies that you have. Um, you know, every individual person has a bunch of different interests and, um, you know, background experiences that make them relatively unique. Um, and it's not enough to associate your entire identity with your occupation. It can be quite dangerous because when that occupation takes a hit, so does who you are as a person. Um, when we look at people transitioning out of the military, chances are they have seen, you know, being a soldier as who they are as a person for most of that career. You know, the training that you go through, uh, the experiences that you have, the friends that you make, you tend to leave the army or end up after a significant amount of time there. You tend to think of yourself as a soldier. You know, you don't think of yourself as anything else. So when you get out, it can be quite a shock to realise that you are not a soldier anymore. Um, this doesn't mean that you no longer have value as a person. It just means that you need to do a little bit of um, digging, I would say, a little bit of time spent on figuring out what you like to do, uh, the kind of people you want to hang around, the kind of values that you hold important to yourself. Um, because previous to that, if the the army was your identity, your values were courage, initiative, teamwork, and respect. Yeah, like, as far as they're concerned. Yeah. Um, so when you get out, is courage, initiative, teamwork, and respect the values that you think apply to yourself the most? Uh, they might not, you know, and you need to think about that. You need to go, oh, what kind of things do I think are important? Um, and so a big step of transitioning and successfully transitioning out of the military is to go, yes, I am a veteran. Yes, I did spend a significant amount of time in the military, but that's not everything about who I am. You know, I am also somebody that 
has a passion for helping people learn, uh, that has a passion for helping people get stronger. I'm somebody that enjoys fucking riding motorcycles and playing video games. Um, the kind of qualities that I look for in my friends and family aren't just that they, they're good at their fucking job. You know, when you're in the military and you're in infantry, the qualities that you have for people you associate with are, are they a good fucking operator? But my friends are human beings and I can't just go, oh, Dan's not a good operator this week. He's a shit mate this week, yeah. <laughs> um, which you can do in the army, you know. People do it all the fucking time. But when you get out, you have to go, well, who are the kind of people that I want to spend time with and what kind of values do I hold myself to, To do I hold them to? And you start to form your identity off those things rather than just forming your identity off what the military tells you is the right thing to do. Well, yeah, um, it's a lot of things you do in the military. You may really enjoy doing some of them. Like I guess a common example, you know, shooting is something a lot of people only ever do once they join the military. And then once they do it, they find they really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but then once they leave, you know, do you enjoy it so much that you are willing to go through the effort of joining a gun club, finding yeah. these things and continuing that? Or is it just something you did for the military? Like, are you really someone that loves shooting and guns and stuff? Or do you just happen to do it as part of your job? Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things, like, I enjoyed shooting in the military. It was a lot of fun. Did a lot of really cool stuff with it. Do I want to continue doing it to the point where I'm willing to spend thousands of dollars and a massive dedication with gun club to get all the licenses and stuff? Like, no, I'm no, not. Not really. <laughs> not really. So it's like, yeah, shooting was cool and I'd obviously do it again, but I'm not, it's not, certainly not part of something that I as a person would consider a hobby. Now. Yeah. And on that topic, just before we get into that, like on that topic, as a section commander, I really enjoyed a lot of the job that I did. Mm. Um, but I can get a lot of that from Milsim games. Like there are games out there now that replicate a lot of that, as, you know, down to a T. Uh, but I don't have to walk around with 45 kilos on my fucking back. My avatar in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does a great job. And then I get to talk through my fucking headset and do, do all the stuff. And it's great, you know, shoot rocket launches, blow people's heads off. It's fucking, uh, it's a great time. Um, but you can do it with a video game. You do not have to be a soldier. You don't have to identify as a military member to do most of the shit that you do in the army. Just like you don't have to be, this is a key point that I really want to make. You don't have to be in the military to have that friendship, you know, those relationships, that mm. brotherhood with people that also share the same values as you. But you do need to make the effort to stay in contact with them, which, I mean, probably ties in fairly well with this whole DVA social connection thing, is in the military, you, are, you have to rock up at the same fucking time every single day and all your mates are going to be there. When you get out, your mates aren't going to be there. So you have to go out of your way to stay in contact with them. If you aren't willing to put the effort in, do not be surprised if you miss that sense of brotherhood because you're just fucking lazy. <laughs> uh the other day, Brooke was like, what's some values I can put on my regimen? Like, teamwork, courage, <laughs> initiative, respect. <laughs> um, no, all that's on here, Aaron said, I miss Dan coming through the door every day. Cue slow-mo flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the glory days. I actually have photos of like from New Zealand um, when... Aaron and I were in a section, I think, together. And it's like us just like on one of the New Zealand choppers together and all this other shit of us getting cute photos together on like next to some nice, nice like New Zealand river or something. Yeah. yeah They've got great cute. rivers over there. So yeah, they're actually not really surprised. nice. Yeah. Um, and back to, I guess, what 91 Tay is saying, missing the beret and wearing the uniform. Um, you know, you guys never wore the beret. 
Yeah, when I was at Singo. Oh, I, had to I know, dude. No. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I was. I like the slouchy better. <laughs> I was very free. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, there is certainly a, an amount of pride that you can take in the uniform and what it stands for, um, but it is worth asking yourself the question: You know, um, am I? proud of the clothes that I'm wearing or am I proud of the job that I'm doing or this part of my life and the thing and and if you uh you know you find you're not getting that kind of pride for the place that you're working I mean an option there is to start exploring other jobs where you would find a significant amount of pride in the work that you're doing like um like I was saying one of the values that I have is that I love helping people learn new things um, I love helping veterans transition and become somebody that isn't just a soldier anymore. Um, I also like teaching um, and I love strength training and helping people get stronger. So, you know, I ended up combining a bunch of stuff that I knew I liked doing, um, whether I was in the military or not. So I have a lot of pride in the job that I do now because everything that I do, I see there's a deeper purpose to it, you know. All the time that I spend with guys in the gym, it's not just about lifting weights, you know. These people come in because there's a sense of community here. Um, you know, they get a little bit more out of it than just feeling stronger. Um, you know, I get a bit more out of it than, you know, because I'm developing this uh, these connections with people that I might not have seen in a long time or, you know, other people from a community that I feel like I'm a part of. Um, if working for a car company is not quite doing it for you, maybe take a step back and go, and I understand people need jobs, you know, and they need to pay the bills and they have families to support and stuff like that. So you can't just change overnight. It is a process. Um, but you do need to sit down and go, you know, what is what is the stuff about the military that I really love? What what was it about putting that mili that uniform on that made me feel a bit of pride in, my, in myself? Was it about, um, you know, was it about how I looked? Because, <laughs> I mean, you get a good suit and look even better. <laughs> or was it about, um, you know, the fact that that uniform stood for, um, you know, a sense of service? And in that case, I would argue maybe you need to look at a job where you're working for something where there is a sense of service, like uh, where you're giving back to the community. Um, maybe there's a volunteering aspect that you could explore. Uh, maybe some time on the weekends where you work with, say, Red Cross or something. And we do have an article on volunteering, funnily enough. Well, come help um, us for a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, maybe it is worth looking into the veteran community in the area where you live. And, you know, spending a little bit of time with these guys that you probably are going to enjoy the company of. And some of that is work-related or whatever, you know, um, where I think Swiss Aid are looking for um, people at the moment who can um, do media design Designers, and, yeah. um, you know, and creative parts of the job. And there are veterans out there that are very good at creative stuff and they also like that sense of brotherhood and community they can get from a veteran organization so they might be willing to combine those two things and you get the same feeling of pride working for an organization like that that you would also get for the military so i you know i'm a firm believer in asking yourself why do you feel pride in that thing or why do you love this task so much over that one and it's usually a little bit deeper than just you know, for example, oh, I just really love gaming, <laughs> you know. Yeah, okay, but why? Oh, there's a problem-solving aspect. Oh, that's good. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's take that problem-solving aspect and apply it to your work as well, you know. Or, um, 
you know, for me, I, I really loved the time I spent at a training establishment in the military and um, and it wasn't because I was a corporal at Singo. That had nothing to do with it. It's because I really like teaching. Um, and so part of my job here has incorporated teaching other people because I know that is the reason why I like to get up, you know, and go to work in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, we've made a lot out of DVA's week with a focus on, you know, communication and social um social building social relationships and i think social aspect gets overlooked a lot mm. um in the face of say the mental and physical health and obviously they're the two big ones for a reason um and you know mental health gets put in the, the limelight a lot now mm. um for good reason as well i think it's also interesting to touch on physical health though and the struggles that a lot of veterans have with just dealing with the physical ailments they've received in the military yeah. Um, because you speak to basically any single veteran you ever meet and there's always like, oh, you know, I've, I did this in the military. Oh, have you, you know, have you put a claim in for it? Have you gone through DVA? It's either, oh, no, I'll just deal with it. Or, <laughs> yeah, I have. And it was extremely difficult and not an enjoyable experience. Um, and I know DVA at the moment or for a while has been quite backlogged with yeah. um, claims. Uh, and there's, you know, there's... I think arguments of both sides, that's one DVA's processes um, and on the other side is the she number coming through um, and people claim also that some of those claims are um, trivial and shouldn't be claims at all, but whose place is it to really say that? Yeah. Besides DVA's, if it fits all their criteria. What was the one today? Oh, you can claim prickly heat, apparently. Can you really? <laughs> apparently. Okay. Because well, apparently that's, um, it can come back like... Uh, I, still, you, I still get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I've had it a couple sometimes. of times. But I, I just thought I was like, I was you horrible. get a DVA, three claims coming your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought oh, I must be like, I must be dirty today or something. <laughs> like, okay, was that been a dirty boy. Yeah. I remember scraping people dudes' oh, backs yeah. in the water, like at Cowley Beach, <laughs> mm. like scrape, trying to scrape all the dirt off. Um, Did we even know that? That was the right way to do it, or did it just feel good? <laughs> well, it felt pretty just, good. I think yeah. just wing it. Really. You get, yeah. What's that green bottle? Aloe uh, vera. No, the, there was that actual stuff. Oh, the Isocol. Isocol, yeah. yeah. Everyone used to rub that in. I still remember the first because I never got it that bad compared to other guys. It was, I think it was Sam who used to get it really bad. Mm. Like, yeah, the field and their whole backs were just so red. The first time I got it was Cali Beach after it been raining for two days straight, and then it just full sun on the mm. third day and i was walking like <laughs> <laughs> like a cat yeah it was like a cat like a bear rubbing up against a tree um, um it's horrible yeah it's so yeah there's um a lot of you know dva i would argue yeah dva gets flooded with with mm. just administration paperwork they have to do um not to say it can't be improved considering that they're what like eight <clears throat> months behind or something like that i was just um, thinking i wonder if i can make a little program that makes the claim process easier i'm sure know. i'll look into it anyone could but the problem is it has to get approved by government and oh no, no no but yeah i just mean like something that anyone can to get people started like I, a list i think that's the point of my gov isn't it you know like it gives you the boxes you fill them out try Does to make it? it as much self-service as possible not that yeah. that helped because didn't they they asked someone recently um, they did all the form online and then they go, oh, okay, now there's, you know, you need to fill out this form. And they sent them the paper form that was all the questions online. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. They seem like they're catching up because there's so much paperwork with it. Oh. It was just like, Maybe I'll make a program and sell it to them for millions. Do it. Okay. 
I'll do that. Um, <laughs> Make the program, are you injured? Yes or no. Tick the box. <laughs> and then that's it. That's yeah. like. That's the client's process. <laughs> yeah. $1 million for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's max. Yeah. So I guess on the topic of physical health, which it does sort of get, I guess, um, swept under the rug a little bit in the face of mental health these days. And, um, and because there are, you know, heaps of drugs out there that can help with pain, um, a lot of the the aspects of physical health don't really get highlighted when it comes to veterans and um, and how much physical exercise really can help you. I mean, we talk about it all the fucking time. It's basically all we really talk about here is how physical health can benefit mental health and vice versa and how to get stronger. Um, but a really important thing that, you know, I, was, I think I was talking to Nathan about yesterday is that when it comes to injuries, uh, especially injuries suffered in the military, um, there is this claims process, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and the claims process is in place so that you can say, oh, you know, I hurt my shoulder when I was doing this thing for the army. Uh, therefore, the army is liable for that injury. Um, any treatment that I receive for that shoulder when it gets worse or whatever degrades over time, uh, the army should have to pay for, you know, which is, I mean, that's just a legal sort of contract. Uh, it makes complete sense. Um, the issue is that uh, when it comes to treating an injury like that, um, the last thing that DVA wants you to do is make it worse, you know, intentionally or otherwise. They're like, oh, no, the last thing, you know, it's this is your level of injury. Uh, it's going to affect you X, Y, and Z for the rest of your life. Um, don't move it. Don't touch it. Don't do anything. Mm. Uh, just leave it exactly still as it is, <laughs> uh, and hopefully it doesn't get any worse. So, so we don't move to, your knees again. Yeah, well, so we don't have to pay like any more money. Sometimes, doesn't it? It's like if you, if they, and it's in the military too. It's like as soon as you have an injury, the, you can't, you're not allowed to do anything. Yeah. And, no, and if you do, God forbid. Yeah. We'll, we'll they'll punish they'll you. get you for yeah. it. Yeah. How dare you do something? Yeah. You go back to doing nothing. I think <laughs> go away. There was do a nothing. case. I think it might have been in the UK um, or in Australia, a Western thing, but a dude had put in for a mental health condition, depression, and the, uh, like, I think it was the VA or whoever it was, went on his social media and found a photo of him smiling in a family photo on vacation and they go no you don't have that <laughs> you can't be depressed you're smiling here. yeah you're smiling in this one depressed photo. people it's impossible to smile yeah um and you know that's an extreme example but you know you can scale that to even any physical thing mm. like you could have a um accepted knee condition and then you could do like a walk for charity and mm. i swear to god there will be someone <laughs> on those companies or organizations You'd be on fucking 60 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah that you know you do a 5k walk for charity just you know clean skin and everything yeah. and they'd go you shouldn't be doing that shit like, I'm just walking. <laughs> yeah and uh, i mean dva as an institution like every government institution is a little bit behind the fucking times um and they take a while to catch up uh, so when it comes to uh, strength and rehabilitation, which is something that we do here, it's sort of our bread and butter, um, there is a lot that goes into making people stronger in order to prevent their injuries from getting worse. Um, I've written a fucking million and one articles on it at this point, and we've talked about it, you know, an hour a day for the past year. Uh, but basically, if you uh, suffer an injury and you do rehabilitation and strength training, that injury, it may never go away, right? Um, there's nothing that we can do short of surgery for some injuries out there. Um, but what you can do is build up the muscles surrounding an injured area so that the pain is minimized and so that your body maintains normal function 
um, around that injured area. You know, for example, I have a, a lumbar disc injury, um, but a big part of my management for that injury so that I don't get debilitating pain regularly is that I lift and my lifting is with, done with great technique and I use gradual progressive overload and um, and something that DVA just don't seem to get is like, you know, I remember when you said to them, oh, my goal is to bench press 150 kilos mm. and DVA go, no, <laughs> you can't possibly do that. <laughs> what they don't realize is that over time, you know, you need to keep lifting more weights so that you keep getting stronger. If you were to stop, your body will adapt. It will begin to deteriorate. You potentially risk making injuries worse. If you start at one kilo and you use progressive overload, eventually you may make it to 150 kilos. It, you might make it much, much further. Uh, depending on how seriously you take your training or how often you do it, um, the number does not matter as long as the technique is right and it is within your range of capability. You know, you're never going to get someone that can't do a push-up and say you need to bench 150 kilos. <laughs> that is going to make your shoulder injury much worse, I can no, guarantee no. it. Um, but for somebody that last week was bench pressing 149 kilos, 150 is completely reasonable, you know. That's something that their muscles and bones are perfectly ready to handle. Their shoulder joint might be compromised in an unusual position. Their shoulder joint might be compromised from their service. <laughs> Aaron just said this. <laughs> That's one of the photos, yeah. That's um, yeah, you might have experienced an injury that compromised your lower back position or your knees. But um, if you don't do this training it will never get any better and if you don't do this kind of training you may experience pain from that injury for the rest of your life and i honestly believe that sometimes dva are happier funding your pain medication for the rest <laughs> of your life than letting you train get stronger and potentially leading to you never being in pain again but at the slight risk of something going wrong at some point down that track um, they seem to be happier to to fuel this like um, you know medicine industry, the fucking medical industry, which is all about pharmaceuticals. yeah pharmaceuticals drugs, um, rather than let you know some strength coaches take the reins and say, look, if we were to you know if you do more squats, your knees will actually get better. You know if you do more. Um, bench press under the right conditions, we can actually build stronger shoulders, you know, if you do more strict press, stuff like this. So, um, yeah, I think when it comes to physical health, the the system surrounding DVA can feel like and it can almost encourage you as a veteran, an injured veteran, to never exercise ever again or God forbid you go out for that walk or God forbid you ever set foot in a gym again because DVA will take away your claims or DVA will call you a liar. Um, but that is not the case. And regardless of what fucking DVA's policy is on this and whatever they say about the matter, um, I will always firmly believe that strength training takes, uh, you know, basically the number one position in rehabilitation and living with the pain that you've probably got for the rest of your life. So if anybody ever tells you, whether they're a fucking doctor or whatever, that you shouldn't be lifting because it'll make your back injury or your knee injuries worse, just tell them to fuck off. 91 Tay said, happier to give out Band-Aids and give out, happier to hand out Band-Aids and give out Windex. Basically. Yeah, know, Windex. Uh, I think it's from, it was like a, Meme joke from do you remember that movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yeah, Index fixes everything. Oh, Index fixes yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, a, so now I think it's like a 
right. still still around that joke. You know, just yeah. spray Windex on it, it'll be fine. And I have no idea why, but Dusty said, Dusty said hello. Hey, Dusty. And then hey, Dusty. at some point said, and you used to talk about shitting in the bush, not so much anymore. I think our first couple oh, of times yeah, had a lot like, of shitting oh, in them. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it's because there's a lot of stories about shitting, like, and it, and it's a big part of my life. People don't realize in the military when you spend a lot of time out field, needing to go to the bathroom doesn't go away. <laughs> if anything, it becomes more noticeable because it becomes yeah. that much more tedious. And um, yeah. some terrible, terrible stories of experiencing shit pits. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen Marshall squatting down shitting. I'm pretty sure you turned around and smiled at me. <laughs> I wasn't depressed Winked at that time. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I remember doing like a huge shit pit in like a company position. On like a non-tack time, and um, one of the guys came over and goes, "Guys, come look at this!" And like brought a group of people over to show to show everyone his shit that he'd done that was green. And um, so that's where that's where the shitting stories come from. But you know, today I think we're talking about something. We're not talking about shitting. It's we a can, part of health. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone have shitting issues? I remember and used to serve in the military. Let us know. I will let your doctor know. Tell us as well. We're interested. I remember in Tully, um, they used to, what, like the platoon was timing the shit to see who could shit the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you willing to sacrifice to shave off seconds? Though? Like, are you willing to not wipe? <laughs> well, it just they just wanted to see who's the, who the fastest shitter in the platoon was. You know, how, how The minimum amount of time you possibly spend over that shit pit before going back to your... <laughs> Life or death. I can tell you one too, but it wouldn't be appropriate for this stream. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, 91 taste said bullet wound, Windex, depression, Windex. Yeah. 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 I do remember missing mid patrol. Like, <laughs> oh, I, knelt, that's wild. I knelt down. Um, it was on recon course. Oh. I knelt down and just like, <laughs> like still kneeling position, just quickly flop him out and. <laughs> Take a piece in the bush and then just like, and then just get up and keep walking like it was all. It's just attack me. Do you leave it out? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I camp it up. Yeah. yeah. yeah it saves time. So, yeah. <laughs> it's as I walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it is Vet Veterans Health Week. That's sort of what we're trying to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Unsuccessfully. Un yeah. So. We're, having, we're having bits and pieces of everything. Yeah. It's just a random chat. Oh, we got a big one. What does that say? Oh. Okay, here we go. I'll see how my English is today. High Octane said, I had a prolonged unattended deltoid injury. It's not a persistent pain, but it triggered when it's under load. For example, when snatching or pressing and not on every movement. Should I be taking care of this right away, considering it's not a consistent one and not impairing my mobility, but just affecting my performance and training? Yeah, um, look, if I, if I had to guess, and, I mean, it could be anything. Uh, I don't know which deltoid. I'd say the front probably. If it's like a pinching pain on certain movements but not others, um, I would say that you are impinging it slightly. But once again, if I can't see it, I, I don't know, you know. Um, it could be anything. Uh, if you are genuinely worried about it, go see a coach or a doctor. Uh, that's step one. Um, if you are getting it on certain movements but not others, yes, you should be worried about it straight away. It's something that you need to deal with immediately uh, because if you are willing to put it up with it for those movements, it's going to get worse over time. You know, like we've talked about before, pain is a signal from your brain saying something isn't quite right here. 
uh, stop doing it that way. So um, if it is a pain in your shoulder, um, most likely it is because you are having issues retracting your scaps properly. Um, a protracted scap is probably the number one cause of most shoulder injuries and impingements. Um, any pain in the shoulder joint is probably from uh, the scap not retracting properly, which just means poor uh, upper back engagement. Um, so I would say if you are getting it when you're pressing or benching or something, you really do need to focus on your uh, upper back position. Um, you know, there's been you know any number of cases of people that have come in here and said that they get you know shoulder pain in the front or the side or wherever it might be when they're doing certain movements and they're trying to do them with their scaps you know uh, protracted and um, and as soon as you get into that proper upper back position the pain will go away because your shoulder can actually move through that range of movement um, an example I can think of is when Dan does uh, rows sometimes and the back isn't engaged properly. It's mainly a neural connection thing. Um, he's pulling with his arms, but the back isn't uh, coming together properly. It's just your arm goes up, but your shoulder doesn't, and it pinches. You know, it's um, it's a very common issue, especially if maybe using a little bit too much weight, or maybe you're not getting as tight as you could before doing the lift. So, um, you know, I would say get somebody to look at it. Maybe video your form so that you can see. But shoulder issues generally come from scap. A poor scap mobility so make sure you're pulling your scaps back and i think the main point of that message is should i worry about it right now or should i wait till later and the answer is yes worry about it straight away if you're getting pain from anything you know if i'm getting pain from sitting in this chair right now i should be going why you know what about my position my seated position is giving me pain um, and it could be any number of reasons but if you want to avoid an injury in future, because pain is generally a signal from your brain going, if you keep doing this, it is going to get worse, um, you, you can fix it. That's what the pain signal is there for. It's not to be ignored. Mm. Yeah. Um, health. Did Dusty, did Dusty <laughs> say the thing? Yeah, Dusty said, I'm so happy we're talking about this again, the <laughs> shooting. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, it's been too long. It, we gave context, yeah. right? Yeah, it's been way too long. It was just context. Talked about a, a um, eight minutes left. Do we have anything else on Veteran Health Week? Um, I'd How say, are we? Are we healthy? I'm pretty pretty healthy, I think. I think we're doing our best. <laughs> one, one day at a time. <laughs> That's all anyone can really ask. Yeah. Of us and you guys. Yeah. Um, I say for anyone looking for, you know, assistance with their health, uh, mental health, lots of resources, try and look for, like, take the time to look into things that are going to help you. If you think you need mental health assistance or just are interested in learning more about it, uh, look for look for sources. We have our, our, re, our resource mental health resource page on our website, which you can find www.ambletd.com. It's under the articles tab. Um and that's just one place of many that you can find these things. Uh, feel free to reach out to our page about stuff. Like uh, whenever we're live, we're happy to ask questions. Uh, physical health, there is an also a plethora of resources to find about whether you've got an injury or you just want to get uh, strength in something that you're not sure. Look at ways to do it. Um, do your own research from reliable sources. Um, and I know that can be hard to find sometimes. Uh, if you're a veteran and you're not sure about DVA, reach out to an advocate or someone that's been through the process that can help you with these things because, you know, sometimes it, feel, it does feel like it's designed to work against you, but it's just complicated and it takes time. So the more assistance you have with these things, the better. Um, and, again, emphasis on feel free to reach out anytime about anything, either to someone you trust, to a page, 
like ourselves that you feel like you want to ask a question about anything, whether that's online here or whether it's over a DM, it's all good. And we always um, encourage reaching out when you're not sure that you can help yourself. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Talk about it. Mm. Um, this stuff isn't going to change unless you have a conversation about it. Um, I remember talking to someone recently who I worked with a very long time ago and um, and back then I doubt either of us would have ever had a conversation about mental health or whatever. Um, and you know, he was happy to, to let me know, you know, he's been watching the stream. He thinks it's great. Um, and it's sort of pushed him to be a little bit more open with his work, the people at his workplace, the people that, you know, his family and stuff like that. Um, and just that open honesty can, can help other people who may not understand what you're thinking or feeling uh, uh, help you or just uh, listen. It's one thing that veterans do not do well is... Um, is help other people understand where they're coming from. You know, we think that we're all hard and tough and, and you know, we can just work through it ourselves and we don't want to disadvantage anyone else because we'll just deal with it. Uh, realistically, most of the time you cannot deal with stuff individually. Uh, one of the highlights of Veteran Health Week being social connectivity or, you know, social relationships and stuff like that is it is really emphasising the fact that human beings uh, social creatures and they're designed to work through problems together and people have problems all the time as individuals and generally they cannot see the solutions by themselves. So the number one thing that you should be doing is looking for other people that can help you through stuff, you know, whether that is a mental health professional or someone on Lifeline or you know, someone at Soldier On or um, that other one, uh, Open Arms, <laughs> or it's us on our fucking live, you know, we're happy to answer questions. Uh, that's what we're here for. Um, or it is your partner or uh, your parents or it is somebody at your workplace, you know. If you're having a conversation with somebody else about issues that you're having, it is that much easier to see it from a different perspective. Um, chances are the more... Uh, the deeper you become involved with your own problems, the harder it is to see any other perspective on them, which makes them harder and harder to see a way out of. Uh, so make sure that if you are having physical or mental health problems, you know, maybe you're just worried about training, you just want to get a bit fitter or you're worried about how your overall physical fitness is going to affect your family life. Um, reach out to a coach, reach out to a trainer, go see your fucking doctor um, or go see a psych and just have a chat. Cool. That's the last thing to okay, up before um, we head off. Uh, High Octane said, yeah, it's right where the side delt meets the tricep. I'd have to see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, any other, uh, 91 tasted, love that word, plethora. Mm, it's a good always word. gives me. It means a lot. Always gives me that sneaky internal giggle thinking you accidentally said placenta. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a mature man. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that joke. It's like. Um, they at a funeral, a dude gets up um, to say, is oh, yeah, it is, it's fine. It's like <laughs> okay. his friend says, he, the guy, the partner of the person whose funeral is, says to their friend, Could you um, get up and say a word? And he goes, Yeah, and he gets me, goes, Plethora. And he comes down, the guy goes, so It means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, banger joke. Um, Dusty said, I'm so glad you guys are doing what you're doing. You boys do such a great job. To overcome what you guys have, I'm happy to know all of you. Keep it up, boys. Thank oh, you, Dusty. Thanks, Dusty. That's very kind of you. It is very kind. Um, and High Octane said, thanks. I'll look into that right away. All, all right. right. That's it.
Cool. All right. So thanks for having us join today for the live. Uh, anyone watches later, we appreciate that too. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, Twitch only, 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time for Wild West Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, we're moving away from the cards, I believe. Yeah, no cards tomorrow. Yeah. Something different. Just uh, just raw live. Just raw. Yeah. And we'll raw. And we'll raw. Raw at four. <laughs> no, it's at five. It's definitely at five. <laughs> Don't be <make it. laughs> right, uh, Have a good evening. We'll see everyone then. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Hard Way with Anvil TND. This is all made possible by listeners like you, so thank you for your support. If you enjoyed this one, hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss a show. Make sure to visit our website, www.anviltd.com, and check out some of our articles and other podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, any positive ratings really help. Or if you simply tell a friend about us, that would help us out too. If you have an opinion on something we talk about, we would love to know in the comments. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And remember, train smart, train hard.